What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Chatter Up, episode lucky number 13. How about that, Jerry? 13. Man, we made it to 13. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And all 13 episodes can be heard on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, go ahead and like, subscribe, give us a review, give us five stars, because is this not entertaining? Are you not entertained? I don't know how they couldn't be. It's 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 impossible. But this week, again, we return your host, Bobby Rubin, and the king of strong style, the man with a plan. Here comes the pain. Don't let it rain. The co-host of co-hosts, Jared Wiesel. How's it going, man? Big Bad Bobby. That is all I could come up with, and I'm ashamed, but I'm glad to be back because, Bobby, sports are back. All sports respect, are back. All due respect to Major League Soccer and NASCAR, golf, whatever else has been going on. Good stuff, but baseball's back. The NBA is almost back. We're here. We made it. It has been a long time coming, but we're here. And in honor of that, we probably have our most jam-packed What Did I Miss, where we'll get through a ton of things that we missed this past week. We're going to have a ton of fun and games this week, especially with another edition of Trivia. We're bringing back the Chatter Chamber this week, and we'll take a look at our brand new Chatter Champ and Chatter Chump of the week. Jared. You ready to do this? I have never been more excited for anything in my life, Bobby. Then let's kick it off and let's chatter up. Okay, pause. I know that's weird, but Jared and I recorded everything that you're about to hear on Sunday. And right now, as we're recording what you're listening to in this moment, it is Monday evening. And as I'm sure you've seen, there has been some crazy stuff that is going on, and we wanted to address it before you got to everything else. Bobby, we thought baseball was back for good. And this morning we find out that basically half the Marlins roster, including coaches, has tested positive for COVID-19. Their games against the Orioles tonight and tomorrow are being postponed. And the Phillies, who played the Marlins yesterday in Philadelphia and were scheduled to play the Yankees again in Philadelphia at home tonight, had their game postponed as well because the Marlins were in the visitors' clubhouse for the last three days. And who knows what's now living in that clubhouse? Obviously, they're going to disinfect and everything, but the safest thing was to postpone the game tonight. Bobby, this has put a huge crimp into everyone's attitude about whether the season will actually go forward or not. There were obviously doubts. I didn't. I think most people didn't think we'd have to deal with it three days in, but honestly, why not? We're in the middle of a pandemic. So what do you make of this whole thing? I think that if you didn't think this was going to happen, then you're an idiot. And I don't mean to call any of our listeners idiots, but this had to have been expected. Now, what's the plan? I don't know. But like they, they have to have a plan in place ready to go. Now, what happens now that it's in multiple teams' as clubhouses? I don't know. I don't know what happens. I think, is there a chance the season gets canceled? Yeah. But I have to think that there was a plan in place ready to go that'll make it so that while this is difficult, it's not insurmountable and there still will be a season. Yeah, you hope so. I think the immediate reaction on social media this morning when the story broke was like, well, that's it. The season's over. Baseball's canceled. Let's just move on to 2021. I think people need to relax a little bit. That that very well might be the case. We might find out tomorrow or in a week from now that the season is canceled. I don't think right now Major League Baseball needs to cancel the season because I think you need to investigate are the Phillies who just played the Marlins, is that whole team also like infected with COVID? If so, you have two teams that are out of it and you mm-hmm. see how quickly it spreads from one team to another, then yeah, you probably have to cancel it. If the Phillies tests all come back negative, again, who knows if those are like foolproof because maybe the, we know the virus can live in your system for a couple of days before you test negative but and I guess that's the issue with this whole thing the timing of everything but I I think there's still a path for the season to move forward I don't think it needs to be canceled right now but we're definitely on the brink of it yeah absolutely and I think this is going to be the case study for all other sports because it's going to break out in football if they play for sure it's going to break out in hockey I think the NBA is the best chance of it not breaking out but even that seems unlikely and so what does baseball do Let's find out. And then the other sports will follow suit, hopefully. It doesn't take away from our excitement of the game that it's back, but it does make us a little nervous. 
Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Jared, with baseball being back, we can officially say, at least for us and the majority of America, that sports are finally back. And so let's dive right into what did I miss? Let's not waste any time. And let's start off with baseball. Baseball is back. There's a whole bunch of new stuff that happened. Specifically, I'd like to get your take. The MLB expanded the playoffs. There are now 16 teams that can make the playoffs. That's over half the league. We excited about this? Bobby, this was such a strange story. So we knew, we've known now for three weeks or so, baseball is going to be back starting Thursday night with Yankees-Nats. Then like Wednesday afternoon, you check Twitter and you see this talk like, oh, by the way, the players and the owners are, are negotiating now about expanding the playoffs to 16 teams. It's like, is the season not starting tomorrow? Can they do this 24 hours before the season starts? And we get word literally like a couple hours before first pitch, we have this brand new playoff system, 16 teams. If you're not familiar, it's the top two in each division in each league, American and National. And then the seven and eight seeds are then determined by the best record of the remaining teams not in the playoffs. Bobby, this is such a weird baseball season. We know it's 60 games. It's a sprint, not a marathon. They're doing this weird extra inning rule. Everything that we knew about baseball is pretty much different this year. So am I a fan of this going forward in a normal baseball season? Probably not. Am I okay with them trying it in this like weird one-off year? Absolutely. Why not, right? Like, Just try all the weird stuff, see what works, see what doesn't, and we'll go from there. Yep, that's exactly my perspective as well. It is this wonky, weird season. We're playing 60 games. Who knows what's going to happen? So we're trying new things out. We have the DH in the National League. We have this extra inning rule with the man on second starting in the, in the 10th inning. Is any of it good? I mean, I don't know. I'm a fan of trying new things. As a guy that used to solely be a purist and say, well, you know, this isn't how it used to be. I'm coming around on these ideas. Not that I'm guaranteed to like them, but I'm guaranteed to like, well, we're, we're trying something new. And I think that's a good thing. As a fan of a team that is atrocious, the Baltimore Orioles, of course I'm a fan of there being more teams. Do I think it dilutes there being some kind of an incentive to winning the division? Yeah, I mean, if you win the division, you get full home field advantage for all three games, like a three-game series in the wild card game. Or sorry, in the wild card series. And that matters. I'm not going to say that doesn't matter. But it's, it's not hard to win two out of, you know, it's not impossible, I should say, to win two out of three on the road. And so I guess my only question is, like, does this affect how teams would normally throw out their pitchers? In so much as if every series goes to its maximum, you're playing 22 playoff games. How many times are you going to throw out, just, just use your Mets as an example, how many times are you going to throw out Jacob DeGrom before you're like, can we really run him into the ground? And how much is this going to affect us going into next year? Yeah, I guess it's tough. I mean, one of the reasons I'm okay with it in this specific season is because, for example, this were 162. I think you're right. The beauty of baseball is the cream rises to the top over 162 games. And I think it would be unfair to say to a, to a number one seed, all right, now you have to play a best of three against the number eight seed. Like, granted, they're probably not a great team, but it's a three-game series. We see good teams lose three-game series to bad teams all the time. A couple of well-pitched games, and it's over. Now, in, in a 60-game season where, obviously, you didn't have to do as much to get that number one seed, it's not as well-earned as being the number one seed after 162 games, okay, fine. It, it makes it more exciting, I guess, to have these three-game series. But one thing I worry about is the owners want more money all the time, of course. More playoff games means more money for the owners. So for sure. now that we have this shoehorned into this season – is it just going to be the owners go now like, okay, well, it worked this year. We're just going to do this moving forward because it's more money for us. Look, maybe I'll end up liking it more than I think, but it does worry me a tiny bit. Speaking of strange baseball stories, Bobby, I don't know if I should call them the Toronto Blue Jays anymore because who the hell knows where they're playing their games. For a little bit, it was Pittsburgh. For a little bit, it was Baltimore. Seems like they've settled on Buffalo, but Bobby, what do you make of this whole thing of Canada not letting the Blue Jays play their home games in Toronto? Good for Canada. I think that's great. They're putting the health of everyone ahead of a money-making business, which is what we should be doing. Now, does that mean that we should be playing baseball in America? I don't know. I mean, who am I to say? They're all bringing their own rosin bags to the mound. They're not allowed to lick their fingers anymore. There's like a whole bunch of protocols in place. But like still, like it's still a thing. They're not in a bubble. But I think good for Canada. And in terms of the Blue Jays playing in Buffalo, hey, great for Buffalo fans. Because probably if you're upstate in Buffalo, you're probably rooting for... It's probably split, I assume, between Toronto and the Yankees. 
maybe there are some Mets fans up there. But great for Buffalo, great for the Blue Jays. It's weird that we're going to be calling them the Buffalo Blue Jays, although that's got way better of a ring to it than it does the Toronto Blue Jays, in my opinion. Love the alliteration. But Bobby, did you want them to play in Baltimore? Would you have adopted just an amalgamation of the Blue Jays and the Orioles? Were you into the idea of another team possibly calling Camden Yards their home field, even if it was just for one season? I would have been totally fine with it. And then the hope would have been that the two teams just like mesh together to create one super club that maybe competes for a playoff position, which would have been awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like at that point you could have just combined the Orioles and the Blue Jays win totals, get them into the playoffs maybe and see what happens from there. It would have been a blast. And you know who else is having a blast? Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts goes to the Dodgers with one year left on his contract doesn't even play a game because of the shortened season and gets this enormous contract, which ultimately adds up to 13 years, $392 million. I don't know if you can justify that money to anybody, but if we're going to say that you can, is Mookie Betts that guy? I think so. Mookie Betts is one of the three best players in baseball, right? I mean, we both agree Trout's number one. And then Two through five, you can kind of make an argument for Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge when healthy, Christian Yelich, Ronald Acuna, Cody Bellinger. I mean, you can put him in any order you want, I guess. But Mookie Betts when healthy, he does everything well, right? He is literally the quintessential five-tool player. Hits for average, hits for power. He's an awesome right fielder. And he seems like a good guy. So props to the Dodgers for doing this. Shade to the Red Sox for not doing this. We discussed this previously. I don't understand how a big market team like Boston lets a star like Mookie Betts go. I mean, they traded him, but I don't get it. But that's a different discussion. This was the plan for the Dodgers from the beginning. They didn't trade for Betts for a rental. They were hoping that they'd be able to trade for him and to sign him long-term and to pair him up with guys like Muncie and Bellinger and name your favorite offensive Dodger. And I think good for Mookie Betts. I think he's one of those guys that, you know, similar to the Patrick Mahomes deal, Mookie Betts, in my opinion, hasn't peaked. The guy is still on the upswing, and you might as well pay him. Now, is he worth 13 years? What is he, 27? I mean, he'll be 40 when it's over? I mean, probably not, but that's never what you pay these guys for. You hope that out of a 13-year contract at 27 that he's productive for a decade. Like, that's best-case scenario, and you're like, you suffer through the last three years, but that's what you do. And I think good for the Dodgers, good for Mookie Betts. Dodgers probably the favorite to win the World Series right now, I assume. They're loaded. I mean, them and the Yankees, I think, would be 1-2 in some order. That's a loaded roster. Speaking of big money, Bobby, we had talked about this previously in one of our first episodes, and now it is official. Mike Tyson is getting back in the ring. He'll be fighting an exhibition bout against another former great, Roy Jones Jr. We talked about this, like I said, a while ago that we would be interested. Bobby, now that it's a real thing, How much money are you willing to pay for a pay-per-view of Mike Tyson against Roy Jones Jr.? Honestly, probably not that much. Like, that number's probably a lot lower than I may have hyped it up to be. But this is hilarious on so many ends. First of all, this is the main event. And it's the main event to an undercard of Nate Robinson. And is it Jake or Logan Paul? Jake Paul, I believe. Like, what is happening to TV that this is what we're paying for? But the thing is, is like they're going to charge a lot of money and they're going to get it. That's funny thing, number one. Number two, it's being advertised as an exhibition match. I mean, you're either punching the guy in the face or you're not. And if you've seen the practice things of Mike Tyson, if you're going to get punched by that guy, it's going to leave a dent. And it does not look good. Number three, he's 54. I mean, is this not ridiculous? And I mentioned this before. Let's not forget about all the horrible things he did. He's not a good guy. But now that he's coming out and he's this comeback guy, now we laud him? I mean, what, what's wrong with us? All of this is insane. And all this is to say my number's probably $10 and it's not going to be $10. So I'll probably wind up streaming it on some illegal link somewhere. Yeah, this seems very 2020. Let me ask you another question because I think the details haven't really been worked out yet. If I tell you that they're going to be wearing protective headgear, does that lessen your interest? Are you in it just for the bloodlust? Or is it more like Mike Tyson's going to be in the ring? I just, I don't care. I want to see it whether he's wearing headgear or not. It would be weirder with headgear, but I would still watch it. Also, the headgear doesn't protect the front of your face completely. 
Like, if he jabs him, it's going to hurt. And also, even with protective headgear, I mean, if I told you right now you could wear protective headgear and just take one shot from Mike Tyson, like, your bell's going to get rung. So does it change it? A little bit visually, but, like, it's still interesting to see Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson fighting in 2020. Iron Mike is back, baby. He is back. You know who's not back? The name of the Washington football team. Actually, that is the name of the team. The Washington football team. Jared, any thoughts on this thing that's happened? It's bizarre, Bobby. The whole thing is so bizarre. We've obviously spent a lot of time on it the last two weeks. This has been going on for years that people have wanted them to change the name. Snyder was very clear that he didn't want to do it. They finally do it. They announced it a couple of weeks ago, and now here we are with another announcement saying, yeah, we're changing it, but we can't do it for this year, so we're just going to go by the Washington football team. The whole thing is bizarre. Bobby, everyone knows this is your team. The big question I have for you is, how much Washington football team merchandise, meaning merchandise that just says Washington football team on it, do you plan to buy? So this is where we're going to head with this. I'm going to save the negative for later, and I'll just focus on the positive. I'm going to buy merchandise. This is going to be historic. As absurd as this is, I'm going to get a shirt or a jersey or something that says Washington football team. I mean, how could you not? And then in 50 years, I'm telling my grandkids, hey, remember when this team for one season played under this no name? I have this thing. I mean, that, that's pretty cool. And maybe that was the plan from the beginning for like Dan Snyder just make as much money as possible. And this was the ploy. And if it was, then he wins because I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. There's a reason he is really rich. Yeah, clearly. And it's my fault. And I guess I'm to blame for Washington's woes. I mean, you know, who, who else are we going to blame here? Now, speaking of people who are full of woes, Jamal Adams, your guy, one of the star defensive players in the league, was traded from your New York Jets to the Seattle Seahawks for two first round picks, a third round pick and Bradley McDougal. Thoughts on this? Where to begin, Bobby? There's so many different directions to go. I was surprised how quick this happened. Talked about it a few weeks ago. He wanted a contract extension, and it's very obvious he didn't want to be here. And on Friday, he hit the nuclear button by publicly bashing his head coach, Adam Gase, saying he's not the right leader for the team, bashing the GM, saying that he's been lying to him. And a couple of days earlier, he had bashed the owner for the allegedly racist and sexist comments that he made. He didn't want to be here. It was obvious. Now, that hurts because it's awesome when one of your homegrown guys blossoms into one of the best defensive players in the league, and it's sad to see him go in that sense. But given the situation, given all the circumstances, I think Joe Douglas did a really good job with this, getting two first-round picks. You look at their deals recently, guys who have been traded for two first-round picks. You have guys like Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is a defensive end. That's a premium position. Jalen Ramsey, a cornerback, another premium position. And now you have Jamal Adams, who he's great. Don't get me wrong. He is, he's a game breaker, but he's a strong safety. That's not anywhere close to a premium position. So given the position that he plays, how much money he's asking for, and the fact that Joe Douglas really had no leverage because everybody knew Jamal Adams wanted out. Training camp starts next week. Do you really want him coming to camp being more of a distraction, I thought the Jets did really well here to get two first-round picks. I get it. It's Seattle, so those are not going to be top 10 picks. In all likelihood, barring a Russell Wilson injury, those are late first-round picks. But a first-round pick is a first-round pick in the NFL. 100%. If we're talking about winners and losers, I actually don't even think anybody lost in this deal. I think Seattle's defense took a significant hit in 2019. They were one of the best teams in total QBR. They had the lowest QBR from, I think, 2011 to 2018, just over that entire span. And then 2019, it went significantly up. I think they ranked like 22nd. Bringing in a guy of Jamal Adams' caliber definitely boosts that defense, and that's something that they needed. And he might be that guy to take them from a really good team to a Super Bowl contending team. So I, I think that was the right move on their part, that if you think he's that guy, then you give up what you give up, call it a day. And I think on the Jets, exactly what you said, they got a haul. They got a haul. A first-round pick is a first-round pick. You're talking about one of the top 30 players in the draft. And you're going to get quality guys plus whatever it is that the, wherever the Jets land, which we assume will be somewhere probably in the top 15. Sorry, man. You're talking about really loading up. Now, guy I feel bad for here, Sam Darnold. 
Sam Darnold is just not getting any help moving forward, and it's going to take a couple of years. And it's a little sad because he's already put in a lot of work, and I think he is ready to take the next step if given the right weapons. But long-term for the Jets, I think they win here. I think the Seahawks win here. I just I, I think it was a good trade overall. Yeah, you're absolutely right on the Seahawks. Good for them. This is what they should be doing. They have a quarterback who's in his prime, unquestionably one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and they're going for it. Awesome. That's what they should be doing. And for the Jets, to your point, yeah, Sam Darnold has no help on offense. There's Le'Veon Bell, who probably won't be here past this year, wasn't great last year, and there's not really anyone else. Chris Herndon, Jameson Crowder, these are like nice players, but on good teams would not be thought of as one of the best weapons. But this is how you get weapons, through drafting. It's not really done through free agency. And Joe Douglas just doubled up his draft assets, his premium draft assets for the next couple of years. So in 10 years, this might look like a dud for the Jets if they draft guys that totally bust with these picks. This will be bad. But grading it today, I think Joe Douglas did a good job, and I think this bodes well for the Jets in the future. And finally, Jared, we'll end this week with some more recent news. Tom Thibodeau, coach of the Knicks. This is your team. Also, the Knicks have not been contenders frequently in the last decade or two. That's a very kind way to put it, Bobby. Is this a big deal? Is this the guy to take them to the next level? Or is this just another Nick move that will do very little to make them perennial contenders? Yeah, I'm happy about it. I mean, he's got a long track record of success. There are some caveats to that. He was really successful with the Bulls. Ran all those guys into the ground. Luol Deng, Derek Rose, Joakim Noah, all those guys were awesome on the Bulls. Then, like, immediately after, took a dive. Went to Minnesota. Had success there. I mean, that, that's not an easy place to win, as shown by their history in the last 20 years. But apparently didn't get along with Carl Anthony Towns. Didn't mesh with Andrew Wiggins. That's why he basically got fired. But he's been successful everywhere he goes. So I can't knock it for that. I think I would have preferred they hired Kenny Atkinson, who was the previous Nets coach who was fired. He has like a reputation of being a good developer of talent. And that's what the Knicks really need. They've got some young pieces on the team with RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, some guys that could have good futures in the league if developed properly. They passed on him. I'm just happy that they didn't hire Jason Kidd. There were rumors going around on Friday that Jason Kidd had become the favorite to get the job. Now it's clear that that was just a leverage play, I think, from the Knicks to get Thibodeau to lower his contract demands. But Jason Kidd, look, the guy was one of the best players I have ever seen. Awesome basketball mind. Looked like he was always thinking three steps ahead of the opposition. But coaching success has been hard to come by from him, right? Like Milwaukee was decent when he was there. He leaves, they immediately become 25 games better, and that just like has to be a reflection on the coach to me. So, Tom Thibodeau, is it an A+. Plus? Maybe, like I said, he wasn't my preferred candidate, but I think the Knicks did make a good decision here. Yeah, I mean, if you have a narrow mind and are only looking to win, which many teams do, then Thibodeau might be that guy. I mean, he was a head coach for, what, eight seasons and had one losing season while he was a head coach? I mean, that, that's a really strong record, regardless of whatever the side effects were. Now, yes, he ran those players into the ground. Does he learn from those mistakes? Probably. Does he know how to coach a winning team? Definitely. And the Knicks need a winner. They need somebody to come in there that knows how to win. And he might be that guy. And maybe, maybe we'll be talking about in a couple of years in episode 75 of Chatter Up that Tom Thibodeau took the Knicks to the finals. From your mouth to God's ears, Bobby. That's the dream. And with that, we'll leave it there, and we'll be right back with some more Chatter Up. All right, Bobby, it's that time of the week again. Trivia time with the Quizmaster. How are you feeling about this week? I'm ready. This is the week. This is the one where it happens, where the streak ends, and I cement myself in the great annals of time as a trivia legend. Okay, well, that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Pressure equals success and if it doesn't then we just continue with the same thing and i can say this every week right all right Quizmaster, why don't you go ahead and explain to us what we have on the docket for this week all right boys um so for those of you who may have noticed we haven't done a basketball quiz yet this uh this time around and and we will next week this week we're going to be traveling the world of the most ridiculous sports 
known to mankind. What I'm going to do is I'm going to name the sport and I'm going to give a brief description. The job of our boys is to tell me where the nation of origin is. Closest to the pin is the winner. What do you guys think? Okay. And when you say closest to the pin, you mean like geographically? Geographically. If you get the country correct, I'll give you a bonus point. Okay. Okay. I plan on giving exact longitude and latitude coordinates in order to make this as winnable as possible. Uh, I'm not pulling up Google Maps, so I'm just going to trust <laughs> you on that one. <laughs> okay, so who wants to go uh, get the first crack at this? Both of you have chances to, um, to answer each sport. So who wants to go first? I'll let Jared make a fool of himself first. Wow. All right, so Jared, the first sport we're going to look at is called Yukon Kanto. It's an obstacle core race. One runs while carrying his wife. Winner wins his weight in beer. This is a real sport. All of these are real sports. So Jared, can you tell me where Yukon Kanto or wife carrying is played? I think this is unfair because I'm pretty sure Bobby's competed in this competition. I haven't. I've won. <laughs> I've actually was the 2017 world champion. But... I'll give it a shot anyway. Beer. I mean, that just sounds Bavarian, some somewhere in that region. So I will throw out Germany. Mm. Mm. See, that's, that's, this is this is the benefit of going first. Was going to say Germany. So to to be, I was also going to say Germany, but I will be different and I will go with Belgium. Uh, the correct answer is Finland. And Germany is just barely oh, closer than all right, man. than Belgium. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's, it's by it's by the narrowest of margins. Don't worry, it gets worse. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Listen, we were both close. I'll take it. All right, Bobby, you're gonna give me the country of origin for cheese rolling, where contestants run down a steep and muddy hill chasing a wheel of cheese. Winner at the bottom of the hill gets the wheel of cheese. Oh man. I just, it was like a couple months ago, I watched an ESPN like video on this and I can't remember. Was it the Ocho? If, I think, <laughs> was, I it, think the Ocho? it was the Ocho, but I can't remember <laughs> where they do it. Shoot, I, boy, this is a bummer. Okay, I'm gonna say Denmark. Denmark. All right, Jared. Okay, so I thought of maybe saying the United States for this. Think of like Wisconsin with the cheese. But if that was the answer, Bobby, I feel like you would have known it having watched this, this whatever it was, 30 for 30, ESP 60, whatever the hell it was. So I'll go somewhere in that same region, I guess. You know what? No, I'll just, I'll just go. I'll just throw a dart. Greenland. <laughs> okay, uh, Bobby, what did you say? I Denmark? Did. Okay, so the correct answer is the United Kingdom, which is closer to Denmark than Greenland. So, Bobby, you on get a point. point. On the board, on the board. The suspense is building. All right, Jared, let's give you Calcio Storico. It's an early form of soccer where two teams of 27 men attempt to score goals by throwing the ball into a net or kicking the ball into the net. And any form of contact is legal, including straight up bare knuckle fist fighting. Okay, Calcio Storico. I can't say I'm familiar with it. Um, That's the point. <laughs> I So this is a crazy thing. It's basically, it sounds like what you're describing is soccer with all fouls allowed. So... Well, there are no fouls. You just do whatever you right, want. Right. So who are like a, a just, a, you know what, like a wild group just like people that just don't care would do this. I'm going to go New Zealand. Okay. I could be way off on here, but I'm going to try and take the linguistic track here. And so the the O's at the end, I'm, I'm thinking there's a couple places I'm thinking, but I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's Italian. Is that your final answer? Final answer, I'm going with Italy. Italy is actually correct. Wow. <laughs> wow. Double points for Bobby. Jared, you couldn't have been further off. <laughs> There it is. All right, Bobby, you're up three to one and you get control. Uh, we're going to give you Boos Kashi. Uh, two, this is one of my favorites. John Boy had a video on this. Two teams of players on horseback attempt to carry a goat carcass into a goal, which is a tub, at each end of the playing field. Oh, man. Uh, that's 
it's the horses thing that's throwing me off, but uh, horses throwing a goat into a tub. Yeah, I'm gonna go with India. Mm, sucks for you, Bobby. All right, I actually won my Bustashi fantasy league last year. Wow! So I know that's not a thing. <laughs> I know that the answer is Kazakhstan. Oh, this is of the narrowest of margins. The correct answer is Afghanistan. And I think Bobby gets that by the slimmest of margins. What? It's a stand. Bobby takes another point. The Kazakhstan is the northernmost stand. And there's three or four stands to get from Afghanistan to Kazakhstan. Meanwhile, there's only one stand between Afghanistan and India. At what point do I get to cash out and say this is a victory? I, I, I need to cash out and leave. This is, this is the time. You just have to hope Jared doesn't get the next one correct and then the next one after that. Uh, Jared, you go first on this one? Yes, I do. All right, so you're going to get Hornusen, which is a team. Uh, the team on offense launches a Hornus, which is a kind of puck with a whip to try and get it as far as they can. And the defending team tries to knock it down with large cardboard play cards on a stick. Okay. I'm going to go... And again, these are all real sports. I promise you, look it up. I will take you at your word for this. So it, it sounds like some sort of hybrid of hockey. So I guess you want to go somewhere where it would be cold. So let's go with Sweden. So this is an okay. interesting play. Bobby. So this is an interesting play because I was also thinking Sweden and I'm also thinking about Switzerland. Now... Russia covers the most geographic oh, wow. ground. And so it might be who of me to say Russia. But I don't, the, the, the name of the sport doesn't lend itself to Russian. You said Sweden, right? Yes, I did. I'll take, yeah. I'll take Switzerland. Final answer? Final answer. Because Switzerland's correct. What <laughs> the hell? <laughs> oh, double points. Five, one, Bobby. This is a runaway. Wow. This is incredible. This is the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> All right, Bobby, you get the next one. Uh, we're going to go with Kabaddi. Uh, a raider runs across the center line to try and tag one of the seven players on the other team while holding his breath. And as he retreats, he chants Kabaddi while the defending team tries to tackle him. <laughs> what is it's, it happening? sounds like it's extreme tag or something. Extreme steal the salami, something like that. It's extreme red rover. It's extreme red rover with breath holding. These sports are fantastic. This is amazing. <laughs> Can you hit the trifecta, Bobby, and get three of these on the dot? Oh man, it's Kabaddi. Can you spell that? K A B A D D I. Okay. <sighs> Kabaddi. Um, <laughs> this one. I don't even know where to go with this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and say South Africa. South Africa. All right, um, Jared, care to rebut? Yeah, I also wanted to go onto the African continent. I don't think we've had anything from there. I don't know. I think this might have been the first guest from there. So I will go. It was Somalia. Okay, so it's not on Africa, but it's closer to Somalia than South Africa. The correct answer is India. South Africa is near nothing. <laughs> it's a very exact Listen, He was guess. going for it on the dot. The I was going for it. Okay, that's fine. So uh, I understand. It's five to two, Jared. No. No. Whoa. Whoa. Five to two, Bobby. Bobby. Five to two, Bobby. You're right. I apologize. Even the quiz master sometimes gets it a little <laughs> wrong. Bobby, you get uh, Bo Taoshi. Where an attacking team of 75 men attempt to knock over a pole that's defended by 75 other men, including one who's sitting on top of the pole. Botayoshi, I'm gonna go. Botayoshi, I'm gonna go with China. Yeah, that. Uh, that Jared. sounds linguistically, you're right. It sounds like it would be something Asian. Let's go with North Korea. <laughs> uh, the correct answer is Japan. Um, North Korea is slightly further away than than China, based on a little bit of map I see. So I'll give it to I'll give it to uh, I'll give it to Jared though, for the sake of competition. It's very very close. So it's it'll be five to three, ja uh, Bobby. Correct. Going into the last round. Okay, so I've got a chance to tie. Well, in which case we'd have to have some sort of tiebreaker, but only if I correct. get it on the dot. Correct. If you get it on the dot, I will give you another one, and 
winner takes all there. Okay. How's that sound? That sounds good to me. All right, so we're going to use uh, for this one CPAC Takra, which is a kind of volleyball. Uh, it's played with a small ball, and in, players can only use their feet, knees, or chin. And they jump and do all these backflips and stuff. So it's like ninja volleyball with a small ball. When we're done with this, look up highlights to this CPAC Talk Raw. It is unbelievable. These guys are amazing athletes. Okay, I mean, it feels like volleyball is a beach sport. So I want to go with like a warm climate. So let's go with beautiful <laughs> island of Fiji. Okay, okay. All right, that's an interesting guess. So, like, my gut is saying India again, and and with Fiji, I will take. I'll go with Egypt. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's hilarious. Uh, the correct answer is Malaysia. Neither of you are anywhere near it, so I'm not giving you any any points. Uh, Bobby, you're the winner. I have taken home the championship finally. <laughs> You have climbed the mountaintop, Bobby. I am now digitally transferring the crown onto your head. You reign this is supreme. It. This is the one, <laughs> Quizmaster. Thank you so much. I'm just so happy we did this quiz. It was a lot of fun. It was a blast. Thank you so much. All right, it is that time of the week again where we are bringing back another edition of the heated chatter chamber. Jared, are you ready for this? I am pumped for this, Bobby. Let me just say, let's get the straight out of the way. We told you this was chatter chamber, but we actually brought Gideon on just to tell embarrassing high school stories about you. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I'm very, very nervous about this. Um, so yeah, so our, our guest this week is Gideon uh, from Baltimore. Gideon and I have known each other for many, many years. Um, Gideon, how's it going, man? It's going pretty well. How about you guys? Um, it's, it's going okay for now, unless you're prepared to tell some horribly embarrassing stories of myself, which we can save for another time, but we're going to keep this strictly sports, no? Yeah. Uh, at least for now. Great. Excellent. Yeah. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, so Gideon, super excited to have you on and the floor is yours. What is your hot take that you got for us this week? All right. Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you both. I'm a big fan, long time listener, oh first time caller. So, <laughs> so I, I want to first pitch this idea, this hot take in the form of a story. And if the host will permit this, are you guys Please. cool with that? Continue. All right, so I want you to picture this. So, Jared, Bobby, close your eyes for a sec. <laughs> I, I literally can see you're not closed. Eyes closed. All right, Go ahead. So, so I want to pitch this in the form of a story. So I want you to picture this. You've been waiting all day for the baseball game. It's Todd Zeal bobblehead night at City Field. And you get to the stadium, and you're ushered in by that faint smell of hot dogs, the faint smell of pretzels, the aromas, the faint smell of last year's incredibly disappointing season. And you start to notice that there are a few clouds gathered in the distance. You all know that feeling. You're hoping for, for no rain. Rain means that some sort of madness is going to happen with playing baseball. But it's never quite that simple. First, the rain starts to trickle down. Kind of like the way I see it. It's like an old man with prostate problems trying to, you know, just trying his best to take a piss. And the players still play. And you think maybe they can make it through just this little bit of rain. But of course, it picks up, picks up a smidgen more. It's not monsooning, mind you, but just a hair more. And now the grounds crew starts coming out and doing their ritual of frantically pulling tarp onto the field, which, by the way, since it's city field, it's already covered in trash. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of tarp is a little bit meaningless. But the announcer comes on and says it's a rain delay. And you've entered into the baseball equivalent of Dante's third ring of the Inferno. So here's my hot take. I know it's a long story, but I'll back it up not just with anecdotes. Rain delays and rainouts in baseball are stupid. Players should be prepared to play in the rain unless there's lightning, which is actually a common rule for most other sports, which we're going to get to, or flash flooding. But the, the summary is that the aspect of baseball being delayed by weather events is ridiculous and shouldn't be a thing anymore. Okay. 
Okay. Well, first of all, that was one heck of a story. <laughs> I I have never been more excited for Todd Zeal bobblehead night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm either. very excited to see where you're going with this, Gideon, because you're right. Like, it's the worst feeling when you have tickets to a game and, you know, you bought them a couple weeks in advance. You wake up, you look at your phone, you see, like, 60% chance of rain at 6 p.m., 70% chance, and you just spend the entire day thinking, like, is it going to rain? Am I going to be able to go to the game? What's going to be the deal here? So tell us more about why baseball should never be delayed by rain yeah uh, so i'll start first with a few facts and i'll have to say I, I tried researching this question and there's not a lot of stats available at least the public on just like sheer financial loss due to weather weather delays or um, how many rain delays there have been for a particular season so so just some some quick facts on baseball and weather delays. So in, in the United States, at least, here are the sports that have common stoppages to rain. Not for lightning or flash flooding, but just, uh, just for rain. So golf, tennis, cricket, and then baseball. And I, I looked at the rule book. I looked at the MLB rule book. I can go into every minutia of baseball and as it pertains to rainouts. It's actually psychotic. And I'll give you just a few highlights of it. First of all, it's up, up to the umpire during the actual playing of the game to decide if the rain is like too much to stop. And then they have certain time requirements to literally just sit. They have to sit there and wait like either 35 to 70 minutes um, until they can suspend the game. And that's why you as the fan, you're sitting there in this weird, awkward purgatory of just wishing for that sweet, sweet release of death to come while you wait for some decision to happen. So then after that, there's the various magical scenarios that, that by which games either get postponed or one team loses because the timing of when the rain causes the delay to happen. It also depends on who the home team is, who is currently winning the game. It's this total madness surrounding rain and baseball that I just, I, I don't think it needs to happen. So the obvious comparison is football, right? Basketball is played indoors. Hockey's played indoors of the major sports. Football played outdoors, and you're right. They don't stop for rain. They don't stop for snow. Lightning is the only thing that they stop for. I guess the obvious pushback, though, is what, what about the risk of injury? You, my friend, are well on your way to becoming a doctor in the medical profession. So you should be concerned about risk of injury. So isn't it fair to say that if it is pouring rain on a baseball field, there is an enhanced risk of a guy rounding second base, blowing out his, you know, slipping, blowing out his knee and ending his season. I think that's a really fair point. One of the biggest arguments that I could find not to give the other side of the hot take some fuel here. One of the biggest arguments that you can make against playing baseball in the rain is uh, when you're a pitcher and you have the velocity and the speed that you're trying to throw a ball and if it's, if it's wet and you lose that control, you can hurt either the batter or maybe the catcher. You lose control over a very fast flying object, and that can be pretty dangerous. The other, the other thing that I've uh, seen is that the type of cleats that are used in baseball are different than those that are used in soccer and football. That, the type of cleats used in soccer and football actually allow you to have better traction in the mud and snow and, and wet ground. They don't use those types of cleats in baseball. My response to that is, that's pretty stupid. Just use those cleats in baseball. You can play a lot more. Also, the entertainment value of it. I, I'd like to remind, while, while it could be very dangerous to play, back in the day when the NLDH was still a, a, you know, a very fun thing to watch, wouldn't you love to see a Bartolo Colon just slip and sliding around the bases? I mean, do I need to say any more than that? It's wet outside. You have a 400-pound pitcher trying to like hobble around the bases. I think that'd be fantastic. I guess, I guess so. The Bartolo Colon argument is a great one because I would absolutely love to see Bartolo Colon do that. I think another piece of this is, you know, if, if it's a flash flood, let's say, and there's no lightning involved and it's just like pouring down, they keep playing the game, and somebody hits a ground ball, I mean, who knows where that ball is going? Does it change the game so much where it just becomes a joke and it's like this isn't even about competition anymore. This is just about stupidity. Yeah, I, I think that flash floods and, like, 
pretty heavy rain events should be looked at differently. But I have definitely, I think you guys have as well, been to games where it's just been like a continuous trickle and the game is called. And I think that those are scenarios that are just like, but why, why is the game being called right now? It's maybe a little wet outside. It's a little slippery. But whatever advantage or disadvantage one team has over the other, with the constant switching of innings, it, shouldn't, it should even out for the players themselves. And for a fan, I don't really care. It actually, if the, if the stadium wanted to sell me umbrellas or raincoats, make some money off of me while I'm, I'm sitting there wet, I'll gladly pay the money to, to, you know, to stuff my face with, with ballpark food and to watch the Mets lose. I, yeah, I think that's And fine. the way the stadiums are constructed now, honestly, like you, could, you just go to the concourse, you stand underneath the overhang, and you can see the mm-hmm. field anyway. Mm-hmm. So you're right in the sense that if they just kept playing, most fans – now, maybe, maybe this wouldn't be the case in a full stadium, but in you know, an average game of 30,000 people there, everybody just heads out to the concourses. You know, and and you know, Bobby Camden Yards has probably pioneered this, where you can really see the field from pretty much anywhere in the mm-hmm. stadium. Mm-hmm. I, there's one one final aspect that I want to preempt that I don't know if you guys are going to bring up, which is the idea of having a stadium that's a dome that can has a retractable roof and avoid this whole whole issue. And I actually think that that's part of my argument. Either construct every stadium that way so you avoid every possible weather event because it's not just rain baseball can be delayed if you look on the wikipedia for weather stoppages for baseball there are are a whole host of wacky things wind is one of them bees <laughs> uh there have been games that have been stopped due to hives of bees that have been uh found uh-huh. in the outfield so i feel like in the construction of the stadium if you can avoid those things, I have no problem with that. I just think the aspect of a sport, a major sport being delayed or stopped due to like a little bit of, a little bit of rain for a long mad time is very silly. Okay. All right. Well, this, this is different, right? Like this, this is not the typical chatter chamber hot take that we've come to know, but I'm, I'm into it. Like I'm, I'm captivated Jared, are you you buying or selling this in terms of there never being a a a weather suspension of a baseball game, barring some extreme scenario? Right. So just to be clear, Gideon, it's basically there should never be rain delays unless there's a lightning or b like real flash flooding. Keep it the same as football. Those are the two conditions for football that, that games would be Yeah, stopped. so I love this take. It's probably my favorite of all the Shatter Chambers we've had because you just alluded to it, Bobby. The beauty of it is in its simplicity. It's not this, like, crazy outside-the-box idea. It's just kind of common sense. And I have to agree with Gideon on this. I'm buying the take because you're right. I alluded to this earlier. It's the worst feeling in the world when you're supposed to go to a game and it's and it's supposed to rain that day and you spend the whole day worrying about like am I going to be able to go to the game or not are they going to call it or not we've I'm sure we've all been at games where like it starts to rain they delay it because they're waiting for the actual big rain to come the storm and that never happens or you're at a game where they delay it for like three hours because they say like oh there's a window at ten thirty where we'll be able to get it in. 95% of the people there leave because it's like a weeknight and people have work and school the next day. And then they start the game two hours after you got home and it's like, sorry, you just, you know, you lost your chance to go. So I don't, I don't see why this shouldn't be a thing. Like, like Gideon has said, football is played outdoors. Now, now the one difference that you raised is throwing the baseball at a high velocity In football. There's a lot, you know, it's obviously a much more dangerous sport, but the, the concern is not the football being thrown wildly and hitting someone in the head and like ending their life potentially. That I think is probably the strongest reason to say, you know, that there should be rain delays, but I don't think it's strong enough to say that in most conditions, they should just keep playing. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I distinctly remember the very first postseason game that was played in Baltimore in 2012 for 15 years. And my brother and I went to it and there was a rain delay for like two hours and it was just like trickling down because they were waiting for it. And we got to see the game, but so much of the energy was sucked out because of that delay. Whereas if they had just played, I guarantee you all 45,000 people that were there would have been electric no matter what the weather was. 
I'm all for this as well. I think even to the argument of it being like slippery coming out of the pitcher's hand, I guess, I mean, we've all seen pitchers pitch in the rain before and it not even just like in drizzles, like in downpours, they've done it. Now, is their control lessened? Sure. But that's, I, 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 that's a risk I'm willing to take. And also just seeing the absurdity that could come from this. I mean, we've seen it in all sports, especially football where like, just crazy things are happening. You know, it's a, it's, it's a blizzard and they're playing. And, it, you know, you can't see the ball and it, it's ridiculous, sure, but it's entertaining as hell to watch. And so I'm, I'm with you, Jared. I'm, I'm buying this 100%. I don't think this is even something that would be difficult to implement. I'm, I'm all for this Gideon full support from Chatterup. All right, I'll contact the meteorologists, whoever else we need on board with this uh, this decision. But I think we can we can start. Yeah, something. we are ready to go down to Park Avenue to Major League Baseball offices and stand in solidarity with you and this take. It's time for a revolution, and I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> Gideon, you thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it, and we look forward to having you back. Thank you, guys. Okay, Bobby. Like we've talked about, live sports are back. Hallelujah. And now that live sports are back, we wanted to introduce a new segment, the Chatter Up Champ and Chump of the Week. So I'm going to start it off this week with my Champ of the Week, and that has to go to my guy, Ioannis Cespedes. La Potencia, Simba, there's a million nicknames to throw out there. Ioannis Cespedes on opening day. His first game since 2018, July Which is crazy. Literally. It's unbelievable. Literally two years ago. Hits the game-winning home run for my New York Mets in the seventh inning. A bomb. Just a beautiful off the bat. Oh, you knew it was gone. Just such satisfaction. This guy literally is Roy Hobbs from The Natural. Like, he hasn't played baseball in two years. Doesn't matter. Comes back. And, like, the expectation as, on my part as a fan doesn't change when you see Cespedes in the box or like this guy is dangerous I don't care when the last time he picked up a bat was I don't care when the last time he faced live pitching coming from an opponent I expect him to do damage and that is exactly what he did the only disappointing thing about it was that there are no fans in the building because had there been fans there it would have been euphoria and the Mets piped in the fake crowd noise after the home run with Cespedes doing the trot around the bases, and it did not do it justice at all because it just would have been pandemonium at City Field. Like we said, season opener, first game back. Cespedes is kind of our last link to that 2015 World Series team. Now, I know DeGrom was on that team, but that was a different version of Jacob DeGrom, Jerry Sumilia, again, different version. Cespedes, he was the hero of that team, at least on the offensive side. I mean, Daniel Murphy had the great playoffs, but Cespedes is remembered for that season. He's back. And he's hitting bombs. And that's why he is my chatter up champ of the week. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think there's anybody else in baseball right now who was more primed to win comeback player of the year. The guy, as you said, is out for two years and then comes back and just hits a bomb. I mean, granted, it was like to left field, but it must have been what, 20 rows up? I mean, he just, he let it out. It would not surprise me to see him come away with like, out of 60 games, what, 20 home runs maybe? I mean, that it would be crazy. Love to see it. I would love it. And we talked about this a little bit off the air. I don't see any reason, now that the DH is universal, why he could not be Nelson Cruz for the next five years. Nelson Cruz on the Twins, he's like 100 years old. He goes out every year. It's 40 homers, 100 RBIs, DHs, whatever, 140 games. Why couldn't Cespedes do that? And I'm excited now that it looks like the DH is probably here to stay. Maybe it'll be with the Mets. It could do wonders for that Mets lineup. Now, going from the champ to the chump, there is nobody in sports who was the bigger chump of the week than Washington football team owner Daniel Snyder. Maybe the chump of the decade, Bobby. Go back as far as you want to go. This guy's the ultimate chump. I mean, just the entire situation is insane. If we put everything else aside, if we put the losing, if we put the harassment allegations, if we put everything aside and just focus on this week with the team name, this is insane. Now, 
I agree that to put together a brand new name and new branding for a football team or for any sports team takes time. And they're talking about 12 to 18 months. I get it. It takes time. But this is so dumb because the writing was on the wall a decade ago. And if you are any kind of smart owner at all, then you have a damn plan ready to go, you stupid idiot. What a moron. What a chump. This guy does not deserve to own a Little League team. This guy doesn't deserve to own a replica football, let alone owning a National Football League team. He is a joke. He is a chump. The entire Washington franchise is a joke because of him, and it will not get any better until he is long gone. And I mean gone from football. Tell us how you really feel, Bobby. I hate him. (laughs) And he's the chump of the week. There is no one else who even rivals him for second place. Let me ask you this, Bobby. Would it have been better, would it have been not well-received if instead of changing it to Washington football team, what if they just came out two weeks ago and they announced they were changing the name and be like, all right, we're going to change the name. We realize it's just time. This is going to be our last year. We're keeping it. This is our last year as the Redskins until we, you know, put together all the branding and the new merchandise to be called whatever we want. Like, do you think they could have gotten away with that? Or is this just inevitable that they were going to have to be the Washington football team for a year? I mean, I think it would have been really interesting. I think the Cleveland Indians are a prime example who said they were sitting down with various Native Americans and saying like, hey, like, what do you think about this? And they're, and, and they're getting away with it. Maybe getting away with it is the wrong word. The PR on their part looks a lot better because it looks like they're getting out ahead of it. Had Washington done something similar, could they have run with the Redskins for one more year? Maybe, but it doesn't take away from the fact that this should have been in place years ago. You cannot be that tone deaf and that moronic in order to not have a plan when you know this is coming. Actually, you can because you're Daniel Snyder and you're a moron in everything you do. I hope he hears this and I hope he comes on to say his piece because I will rip him to shreds. He has no business in sports anymore. Well, I think we can do away with our bid to be the stadium rights holder for Chatter Up after hearing this. I don't think Dan Snyder is going to go ahead with that. How does it sound, Bobby? Hashtag HTTWFT. Doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? Hail to the Washington... No, no. This... Mm-mm. 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 This is ridiculous. This does not deserve to happen. I don't deserve this as a fan of this club. This is absurd. You know what? I hope we win the Super Bowl in spite of him. And then they don't even allow him on the podium. They're just like, Mm-mm, sorry, buddy. You can't come up and accept the trophy. There you have it, listeners. The inaugural Chatter Up Champ of the Week, my guy, Yoannis Cespedes, and the chump. And I have a feeling this might not be a one-time award for him, Daniel Snyder. What a joke. Well, that's all the time we have this week on episode 13 with live sports being back. Yes, golf was there. Yes, NASCAR was there. But baseball being one of the big four came back this week. Super stoked. We'll have even more to talk about with live sports next week. I am pumped. Bobby, baseball's back this week. NBA will be back next week. And that means even more for us to talk about on Chatter Up. I love it. It's going to be great because we'll have so much more to talk about with What Did I Miss? We'll do a whole bunch of fun and games. I'm sure we'll get into another trivia segment. It's going to be great. We'll do another Could It Work. Get ready, because it's coming. Episode 14. The best episode yet. Like I tell you guys, every time at this week, and if you haven't listened to me now, I will find out, and I will find you, and I will hurt you. So, that being said... That's a threat. That's a threat. Is it a bad strategy to threaten the listeners, Bobby? No, I love it. I'm into it. (laughs) That being said... Find us on Twitter, at chatter underscore up. Find us on Instagram, same handle, at chatter underscore up. Send us an email at chatteruppodcast at gmail.com. Any thoughts you have, good, bad, whatever it is, reach out to us. We'd love to hear it from you. And most importantly, come back next week for episode 14 of Chatter Up. Thank you so much to the Quizmaster, Jeremy Tuck, as well as Gideon for coming on to the Chatter Chamber. We appreciate it. 
We look forward to many more episodes, guys. And we'll see you all next week on the next Chatter Up.